welcome back to Unmatched. My guest today is Cosmo Shield. Cosmo was a journalist at the BBC for 17 years until one day he decided to make his passion for writing a business. In this episode, Cosmo and I chat about how good copywriting needs to sit at the core of any marketing strategy and can make a brand truly unmatched. I hope you feel inspired by this conversation in the same way I was. Cosmo, it's great to have you today on the podcast. Thank you for coming. Oh, it's great to be invited. Thank you so much. It's a real honor for me. So uh, thank you. The honor is all mine because you know that I've been following you for quite some time. So just to start on Cosmo, because I know your story, but I would love to hear it from you once again and for people to hear it directly from you. What's your story and, and what do you do today? So today I actually run my own uh, B2B content and copywriting agency, but for almost 20 years before that, I was a journalist at the BBC. So probably when I was like 12 or 13 years old, I sort of realized that I I had this kind of natural ability as a storyteller and and could connect people to ideas and and sort of translate ideas into stuff that people found quite engaging. So really like journalism was a kind of natural progression for me. And so I went to join the BBC uh, when I was 21 and was really lucky because actually BBC is sort of seen as the pinnacle. And so I sort of felt you know, quite lucky at the time to to to, to join the organisation, and then progressed through the ranks and became less of a journalist and then more of a, as a manager. So I ended up actually managing quite a big team, about twenty five people, and I, I sort of started to reassess what I actually wanted from life because it felt like I'd been working in one job for a long time, and obviously I'd sort of just thought that there was possibly something else that I wanted to do, and then obviously the pandemic hit. And so I started my business. I was still working full time while I was doing it, which was a serious, like, you know, it took a lot of effort, obviously, as you'd imagine. And then eventually made the decision. So got a few clients, made the decision that um, I would try and go part time initially and then quit the BBC. And I'm sort of really excited about what's next, really. I feel like the hard yards were like the first six months, the first year when you've got no clients and you've got no confidence, you don't know any of the processes, you don't know what you're doing. You think you've got a sort of skill that people might want to pay for, but you don't really know. And I'm, I'm not like a natural salesperson. I sort of never felt that. So I'm excited for what's next. Sure. Before we get into all that, what I was actually curious to know, going one step back is how do you become a journalist? You know, what were the skills in your childhood that led you to become this storyteller? And how was your childhood and also like what were the things that you loved doing that sort of like propelled you into this into this journey i think like the main thing really that i would say for anyone who, who who's thinking about that as a career or even just in like your everyday life i think curiosity was kind of like my main skill it's just like a curiosity of like how does the world work and not just curiosity about the world but also like what motivates people and i think that's now a very foundational thing of of like the skill set of a copywriter and then being able to absorb complex information and being able to create output that is simple and people can understand and I think everyone's too scared to keep things really simple and I think that's like the lesson I would give to anyone who's sort of thinking about how to communicate better or whatever it's like simplicity and sort of aiming for universal understanding is a hugely important thing. And I think as well, like, I mean, this is nothing to do with journalism, but like humor has always been a massive thing for me. So 
17 years at the BBC are a lot of years and I'm really curious it must have been a lot of learnings you know in in your career progressing as a journalist becoming who you are today and I'm curious to know what were the biggest learnings for you in those times at the BBC and also just being a journalist and and what that meant to you had a huge bearing on on my life and it was very much what I wanted to do from when I was like 12 years old and it's still very much like the foundation really of like who I am and I'll never lose that um interest in like how the world works and you know the kind of human motivation element and I I'd sort of break it down I think into sort of two parts really in terms of like what I've learned when I was a journalist because my career was kind of in these two parts like the first part was very much you know pure journalism a, a radio producer digital producer kind of creating original stories going out and finding stories you know the sort of resilience that you need to do that and you know the sort of instincts that you build up over that time as to like what is a story what's engaging for people etc and then like a leadership role you know motivating people so coming in at 4:30 in the morning with a you know pretty much a blank canvas like some of the programs fixed up but you've got you know you're ready to go you have a team of like five people there in in the morning and you've got to like go from 0 to 100 miles an hour in like no time at all understanding that and like understanding how to get people to work to deadlines i think was so important and i think you often hear journalists talking about kind of the newsroom mentality and the doggedness to get something to deadline or something on air or whatever at the time and you know that will always stay with me and i think that's like some people you sink or swim in that environment and i just loved it and i embraced it and that's i definitely miss that now that i'm sort of working by myself like it's a completely different different world but um but journalism has given me so much like and you know I will always be indebted to the BBC and I see a lot of people hating on the 9 to 5 and like hating on organizations and like and the only thing you should do is go out and build your own business and go you know be a solopreneur or whatever and I think it's just complete nonsense in a way like you know I think everyone should have their own experience of both and like make decisions there's no right or wrong you know some organizations can be absolutely brilliant but and also like you know you've got the 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 upsides and the downsides on both sides so like i would always you know say that the bbc was was probably the best sort of moment of my career in terms of like at the moment and it's it's the foundational element and you know it'll start standing stands me in good stead for what's next really i think and it's interesting what you're saying because i relate to that as well i think a lot of people are talking about you know entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and all that and i think there's a little bit of a mess on the entrepreneurs right like the the people that work inside uh, organizations and have entrepreneurial spirit because let's face it not everyone can be an entrepreneur but a lot of people have entrepreneurial spirit and that is very very useful inside organizations as well so i think you're right you know there is a lot to learn inside big organizations there's a lot of resources there's a lot of experiences that you can have that you can't have on your own and there's a lot of learning that comes along with it. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the organizations that really like encourage that and their people, those will be the ones that will thrive in like the next generation because an organization isn't really in competition with like other organizations anymore. Like it's in competition with 
the people themselves going out and doing their own thing and taking their skills elsewhere. And I think that organizations shouldn't be scared of that because you shouldn't think about the fact that you have some ownership over your employees or that like you shouldn't feel betrayed if they think about moving elsewhere or whatever. Actually, like just be glad that you've had a great experience with them working for you for a period of time and you know, get the most out of them and then look to see what's next as well. The organizations, I think, that have like the more fixed mindset of like, you know, that they don't encourage that kind of thing. That's where the problem comes, I think, and will come for, for organizations in the future. I completely agree with you. And you mentioned curiosity before. And a lot of people, I think, me included, have this natural curiosity and natural curiosity sometimes stands in the way right because obviously in organizations there are you know jobs and titles and everyone needs to do their own part and how do you develop this natural curiosity within an organization so I'm curious to know what was the aspect of this curiosity that you naturally have that led you to say okay 17 years 18 years at the BBC are enough and now I want to take the plunge into complete abyss. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> right? an interesting Not way of framing knowing. it. I think if I'd thought about it in those terms, I probably wouldn't have done it. But yeah, yeah, and I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah, 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 of course. It's the unknown. But probably right? it was, right? In a way, in yeah. a way it was because you said it yourself. It's the unknown and it's like living something that you know is there and it's very, you know, comfortable and it's reassuring and it's, it, it's, it's, it's all that you know in a way. And then deciding to do something completely different that is completely out of your scope, but it's linked to your skills. What was the thing that actually motivated you to take that, you know, leap forward? So actually, if I'm being honest, for a few years before that, I'd really start to think I just don't like telling people bad news anymore. And that was kind of what the job was because of 24 hour news, because of the world we live in, you know, that sort of it bleeds, it leads kind of mentality, like that's the newsroom sort of cliche, is completely true and just felt like I was doing that constantly, like we were constantly just being the doom mongers and, and you know, that was really affecting my mental health as well. And it was just like a bit of a culmination of things and I just thought there's got to be something else to this. I'm not the sort of person who goes out encouraging people to quit their job and you do whatever you want to do and like the organizations and nine to five jobs are, are great for, for lots of people and not everyone wants to go off and do their own thing and that's absolutely fine. But I think people think about the risk of, of doing that in the wrong way. People build up this like huge risk in their mind of like, oh, you know, I'm, I can't quit this job. It's a fixed salary and all the rest of it. And actually in reality, you will probably have got to the point when you're trying to make these decisions that you've built up an skill set, you've built up experience, you are probably very employable and actually you can try something and if it doesn't work out, like you'll probably get another job again. Literally, the amount of people who said to me as I was leaving the BBC, well, you can always come back. And I was like, no, I really don't want to come back. Like this is me now. But I think that people think about the risk in the wrong way. Like they think they only focus on the negatives. There are positives there. And if the positives don't work out how, you're pl how you plan them to work out, then you can just carry on and you can rejoin the status quo and you can kind of carry on your nine to five and actually, you know, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And, and one thing leads to another and one step leads to the next. And then, you know, like here you are today, a full on entrepreneur. Well, right? yeah, I, I, that, that still kind of 
sits quite uneasily on me, like as a thing. I was actually doing a bit of research, just thinking about entre like the, the term entrepreneur. And I had sort of never really put it together with the French expression and, and colloquial translation of it is adventurer. And I quite like that as a thing, right? I'd rather call myself a, a, an adventurer than an entrepreneur. I think an entrepreneur is quite, it's quite a loaded term. I, I sort of definitely now see, and I'm much more into like the adventure of life than I was before. It's taken that leap to make me think a bit more, you know, broadly about why we're here and kind of, you know, what I actually want to do in my life. So before getting into into the actual topic of copywriting, I want to know what's the biggest mindset shift from going to that very protected environment that you left to this adventure, right? That is literally throwing you into the unknown. What was the mindset shift that you need to go through in order to be able to do this? It was actually just a moment where I listened to a podcast, um, How I Made My how I made my first million or well, like the, the Sean Puri podcast. He's like a, an entrepreneur investor in the States, like really interesting guy, like got a big Twitter following. And he talked about this thing called the ABZ framework instead of like the ABC framework. And he basically said that everyone's too obsessed with the how in your life. Like all you need to know really is the A, which is like where you are now, the B, like what's the next step and the Z, which is your vision. And I just like, I really like, like that as a sort of framework. Cause I was just kind of like thinking I've always up to that point been like an A, B, C, D, E kind of like systems thinker. I always want to know what, like what the, what that next step is. And so my sort of philosophy now is very much like, I don't need to know the how, like all I need to know is the, is the why and the what's next. If I set myself a, a goal or I set myself a, a sort of objective. So for me, it was like, you know, leaving my job and starting a business and you know, all the rest of it that goes along with that. And that actually like I had enough confidence in my own ability that actually like I could create a bit of motion and like intent, you know, get intentional and start creating stuff on LinkedIn and, you know, f almost visualizing me having my own business or whatever. And actually then the rest sort of takes care of itself. Like it feels a bit glib to say that, but it's people's potentials held back so much by thinking that you need to know every step. Whereas actually in reality, you just need to know a bit more about yourself and then your end point. And then kind of like the, the C, D and the E and the F and everything sort of will take care of itself if you head in the right direction with sort of energy and focus. After listening to that particular podcast, it was just like a really interesting kind of shift for me mentally. And I just suddenly thought, actually, I don't need to know everything. It's, it's fine not to know and actually embrace the uncertainty, I think, is, is important. It's so interesting that you say that because I think my mindset now is also a little bit like that, you know, this A, B... And, Z. and and it implies having a vision for yourself and understanding your why and your purpose. And I'm, I'm wondering, where do you think this is coming from, though? Do you think it's a matter of generation? Is it a generational thing? Or is it simply a matter of, of experience, of life experience that takes you to this point where you don't need it to be so clear and sort of laid out in front of you? Or is it because we're used to working in big companies where sort of everything, all the process needs to be laid out because, you know, obviously it's a huge machine and it has a lot of components and you need to make it work by 
making all the components sort of work at the same time. Where, where do you think that comes from in your case? Well, I sort of experienced, I think, like good and bad managers and leaders. And I think that you learn a lot from both. But like what I was actually reflecting on the other day was just probably like I got a lot of like energy and confidence when I was starting out thinking about my own business and creating it just by looking at like what really young people were doing on LinkedIn, particularly. There's definitely like a shift in terms of the jet like Gen Z are sort of seem to be way more like entrepreneurial minded, like way more kind of do it yourself minded. And I think that's probably come from the access to the platforms that they have. And, and you know, if we compare to, you know, I'm never going to presume your age, but I'm guessing we're sort of of a similar age. So when we started out, there wasn't much. And then you're on like, you know, MySpace and all the rest of it. And, and obviously like, but growing up digitally native, I think you sort of have a completely different perspective on what's possible because actually you can essentially just create an agency in your parents like spare bedroom and then you know talk about it on social media and then next day you're like a six-figure agency I think like that and that is possible I know there's a lot of like BS that goes around and people are like sort of you know painting a bit of a sort of maybe a bit of a fancy picture of their lives but actually that that's definitely possible and so I think that that is is like a really interesting shift that's happened and I personally have learned a lot from from sort of watching those generation and kind of getting that confidence from it but you know in terms of like organizations there's clearly like a, a vested interest particularly like with managers particularly of like keeping the status quo as it is I mean obviously there are always great maverick leaders who you know completely try and disrupt everything inside organizations and whatever and that's obviously where the sort of power of entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit comes in but I think a lot of businesses are laden down with like these really archaic processes that people have vested interest in keeping going so you know I think that's that's important and I think the organizations that really like will thrive in the future are those that actually encourage those Gen Zers and the probably the generation that go after them to be part of the organization and really like explore all of their potential inside the organization and not allow the processes and everything to to kind of get in the way you know I think that's the biggest thing really Absolutely, I I completely agree. Now talking about copywriting, how how do you land on specifically talking about copywriting? Out of everything that you've done with your career, and being a journalist implies a lot of different things, right? You could have been a producer, you could have been, I don't know, you could have tried to do something completely different. Why copywriting? Copywriting is an interesting term, I find. Like, and again, it's quite loaded in in like what it is and I think a lot of people who claim that they're doing it on like social media are not really doing copywriting at all. When I started out, my sort of image of copywriting was basically like Mad Men and you know Eugene Schwartz and like all of that kind of really old like you know the sort of direct response sort of generation. And obviously copywriting's evolved a lot since then. But I think like that actually people should just really just talk about writing, you know, just generally. I mean, I think like my my business now is not really kind of copywriting in the sense of like landing pages and other things, you know, mainly what I do actually is writing content. And that is like thought leadership content, however it is. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, where the journalism sort of comes in. Um, but I, I just, I've always just loved writing. People go, oh, you know, videos, why is that's not really writing? And I would say like, actually the best video production or video marketing or whatever has like great copy that's sort of underpinned it. And pretty much everything, when you start thinking about it, has writing like in it somewhere. And also like what I actually got a bit, you know, not 
on a, on a mission about, but like, it's just how bad like corporate communications are and how rubbish people are at writing emails and, you know, just the basics of like, of writing. And I just thought that is probably my core skill. If I boil down like everything that I've got, um, storytelling, yeah, of course, all those sort of things, but they're quite abstract in a way. Actually, like writing as an ability is hugely important. And I really believe that like anyone can basically learn to write better. Uh, and so that's what drove me at that point to to start the copywriting business. But then also, then it will like develop into other things that I want to do in the future. But actually, I credit you, Oana, actually, because we had a conversation probably about Four, three months ago, four months ago or something. And I was sort of like on a bit of a, at that point I was kind of, I mean, this is the beauty of having your own business. You can have like lots of different directions and you can work out where you're going. And like, you don't, the thing you started off doing doesn't have to be the thing that you eventually do, whatever. And so I was sort of working with like lots of coaches on LinkedIn and I was sort of setting myself up as a bit of a LinkedIn coach and it just didn't feel authentic to me at all. But it was kind of working like that. I was getting clients and I was sort of like, you know, it was sustaining. So sometimes it's hard to say no to the money. And then we had a conversation, I think it was the first time we'd spoken actually, and you were kind of learning a bit more about me and what I did. And like, you'd probably seen like how passionate I was about writing. And you were just like, you've just got to go double down on like LinkedIn. You've just got to get in there and start talking about your writing more and like really pushing that side of the business. And I was just like, yeah, you're totally right actually. Because I wasn't really on LinkedIn at the time. I was kind of just like talking about, you know, uh, growth tips and it was just didn't feel authentic to me. And so actually I give you a lot of credit for having that moment really about four or five months ago where I sort of like went, right, well, this is probably the direction I want to go in. And and so since then kind of things have developed, but yeah, thank you for that. You're, you're very welcome. And <laughs> I, I want to say the reason why I got in touch with you in the first place is because I feel like writing seems to be this topic that people seem to think that is is only something for the copywriters you know in, in big organizations um you know obviously you have marketing you know teams and then within those teams you have specific roles that are assigned to copywriters and it seems to be to me the fact that you know writing is is not something that is only for the copywriters writing is something that all of us um should be doing and not only doing for ourselves but also doing in order to share right and and the reason why i i started to engage with you is because you were talking about exactly those things and i i got interested in in the topic of actually how do you learn to write properly right and as a marketer and as a strategist you'd think well i don't necessarily need to do the writing myself um that's why i have the copywriters for it but in order to be an end-to-end marketer an end-to-end leader in in any scope i think writing is a very very important aspect and i'm curious to know your opinion on on how you see writing in the business context and and how important you think that is for any department in a company not just you know marketing or internal communications or anything like that uh, i mean it's completely foundational i think and it's it's always been important but i think probably hasn't got the attention and the sort of credibility that it it's, it deserves as a sort of as a tool the thing i was thinking about the other day is actually when you send a text to someone like you're writing and it's kind of like copywriting in a way i mean like obviously you're just 
you know, some of it's just throw away or like, you know, you're just keeping like the kids up to date with what you're doing or you're just telling your parents something or whatever it is. But actually, you know, a lot of the time you might be like persuading someone to do something or, you know, you are like, you know, trying to make them laugh. You're trying to engage them. You're trying to educate them in some way. So that's a text message and that's right writing. But we don't think about that in those terms. And I think exactly the same on sort of social media and particularly like writing the best email that you can write in a corporate environment is so important. Like I, I remember managing quite difficult people at points and I think we've all be, had that experience and I would put loads of effort into face to face and doing loads of feedback and really listening and just generate, you know, building trust and all the rest of it. And then I might get back to the desk and I might be a bit tired, a bit busy, a bit stressed or whatever. And I'll send an email without thinking about it. And that email then would land really badly and would undo all of the hard work. And I think that's the, the a lesson in like how important like writing is in terms of like the way we communicate with each other at work. Um, and I think it's generally like so executed so poorly. Like people don't think about what they're writing. They they don't think about what they're trying to get out of a, an email. You know, they might spend ages preparing for a presentation, and then they might send like a really waffly like email to the CEO that just completely like sets sets things off on the wrong foot. You know, I think that's that's hugely important. I'm sort of in, com in conflict about whether I call myself a copywriter. I sort of just like, I'm probably more of a content writer, as, if anything. But the lack of respect that copywriters get in an organization, generally, like having worked now with various marketing departments and like, you know, et cetera. Like, I know that there's a lot of talk on LinkedIn about copywriters getting like six, seven figure businesses, et cetera. And of course that's, that's possible. But like a, a, a sort of decent copywriting job in a marketing department or whatever in in the uk you know you're not making a lot of money like it's not like you get the big bucks or whatever but actually it's such an important like foundation for the creative process like and it's often the thing that actually sells the product you know i think that's the the thing that people forget that actually you can have all the best like creative and you know amazing branding and all the rest of it but actually it's the words that move people and so like I don't think copywriters get enough credit in in organisations, um, and and I I would definitely like to change that. Um, and I think, as you say, it's important for any senior leader to be really like thinking about how they how they are sort of writing and the way they project themselves, because so much of how we communicate is not face to face, especially now. And you know, so much of it is kind of asynchronous. And you're trying to build like, you know, if you're if you're at all savvy and you're like you and you're sort of in a in a marketing team, you know, you should be out there building your personal brand and you know, building an audience and all the rest of it. And you can't do that without writing. So, you know, that's the thing to think about. Even if you prefer video or, you know, you find other ways to communicate and you don't just like, you know, social, like you don't just sort of think like LinkedIn's a good place and you're not just writing loads of copy, actually like writing and sort of generating your ideas and thinking about them is so important. Um, and I think that's that's what I think we will see a lot more of actually is marked is people like realizing that you don't have to be outside an organization building a business to be out on social building your brand like i think it's you can do that within an organization and most organizations now are, are pretty welcoming of that like they want people to go out and actually become ambassadors and build brands etc i still still don't think people have quite realized just how important writing is and how important it will be and you mentioned something very interesting which is people 
inside companies becoming ambassadors, right? Working in a marketing department, obviously we're, we're very aware of, of, you know, working with the influencers and we have all sorts of ambassadors, you know, from different fields and that's absolutely critical to the business and it's critical, you know, consumer facing. But there's another layer to it, which is on these social platforms, whether it are the, the personal platforms that you use to engage with your, you know, family and friends and, and closer connections, or whether it's on LinkedIn where you have business connections, in the end, all those people are still consumers of the brand or the company that you work for. And so you automatically, whether you want it or not, directly or indirectly, you become an ambassador of the brand that you work for. So there's an opportunity there, in my opinion, for, for brands to look at that a bit more strategically and think of a safe and, and easy and probably very cost efficient, not to say for free, completely way of engaging with with consumers in a different way by allowing you know the the employees to speak on behalf of the company in a different way but the question i wanted to ask you is what is actually changing because i see a, a huge shift in mindset with a lot of leaders actually taking that sort of approach of of seeing themselves as a brand and and communicating to the outside world on a number of topics that are not just you know simply business oriented and here's me sharing something that i just launched or here's a new product that we just launched without any explanation of it and here's a link that we just reposted or you know like as we used to do in the past and and there seems to be a major shift where is this coming from and and more importantly where is this going big questions i would like i mean i think that definitely the kind of where it's coming from element is that people are just seeing that how successful other people are being doing the same thing you know i think if you look at kind of i don't know the big influencers or the sort of big business thinkers on who've got their own podcasts who've got their own big linkedin profile or whatever you know i think any ceo now has to be thinking and looking at that and thinking well you know why can't i do that or you know i think what's what's sort of fundamentally shifting really in a way is like the appreciation that having an audience is like such a huge asset and i think that no matter what you're trying to do like and I, and again i think it's easy to get caught up in this like oh everyone's going to quit the nine to five and go out there and like you know start a business etc but you know what you should just think about is like i should start just creating content, building a brand now, because it will stand me in good stead. Like no time ever spent building a, a brand or building an audience has been wasted in my eyes. It's like, you know, you will just by shaking up that tree and like going out there and creating content and writing stuff and, and wherever your, whatever your social platform of choice is, like I would say LinkedIn is always the best place, but like wherever you think, you know, actually just by shaking that tree, like you don't know what will happen. You know, a great example is again, like I have a friend who does, doesn't post at all on social or didn't post at all on social. Like, you know, they're successful in their own right and, you know, at a senior level in, in a business um, and was kind of like constantly needling me about like sending me messages going, all I ever see on LinkedIn is your content, et cetera. And like, I'm sure you have this as well, Moana. Like, it's just the, it's the same for anyone. I'm who's... the only person yeah. coming up on everybody's feed, yeah. apparently. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, is... 
scary. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, that the pressure's on at that point, right? Uh, and and uh, he just said, um, "Oh well, you know, it's not that hard, is it? Creating this content, like, give, will you? Can we have a chat about it? And I'll and I'll create something." So I sort of like was just talking him through the basics, and you know, like, you know, gave him a couple of ideas, or whatever. And he went away and I posted some stuff, and then literally like uh, two days later, a guy got in touch with him and said, "We, we like, we really want you to be a non-exec director of like our business." And so it's literally just from like posting on LinkedIn, that opportunity happened to him. And it's like, well, actually that shows you the, this sort of infinite power that's there. And actually you just need to join that game and, and find out like, you know, what's in it for you. And there will be loads in it for you. It's just overcoming that initial fear, I think, and the kind of hurdle and, and businesses particular think thinking about that as a risk. Like thinking about the encouraging our employees to go out there and start creating, building their brands and creating, et cetera, is a risk for our business rather than thinking this is a fantastic opportunity. You know, I think that generally now, like the risk, of course, there is still a risk. Like A, you allow them to build a big audience and then they, you know, disappear and like, make their own living and monetize etc b they say something awful which then reflects badly on the bit on the business of course those risks are still there but actually the the upside to that is is way more significant you know you have this then high profile person in your business you know i think what's interesting what's happening now and you're seeing it more and more is that like distribution is absolute like king or queen right so i personally believe that in maybe 30 years, like we won't sit, we won't necessarily have some of these huge household name companies that we see now, like, you know, McDonald's. Well, like Mr. Beast has just proved that like he can go out and basically create a burger chain, which, you know, is the fastest growing burger chain in the US. Now, I think these sort of conversations, it's like this shift is happening that actually it's the personal brands and the individuals who actually like are now the gatekeepers in a way that organizations and businesses used to had the monopoly on for so long so it's like that's interesting now is sort of seeing that shift happening and i think it will it will happen in our lifetimes like that those sort of organizations will become less relevant and and um you know the personal brands will be absolute king or queen so you know let's see um so that's probably where I'm, i think it's going to go next um and it's already happening a lot but i don't think people have quite realized like what a seismic transition that will be you know that's i think is is really interesting and important to keep an eye on well, the other very obvious thing is, of course, you are doing it for yourself. I mean, let's let's be honest, right? In the end, you are building your own brand, you are supporting and you are being an ambassador for your company. But in the end, that face is yours and those words are yours. And, you know, it's your own opinions that you're putting out there. And I guess the, the question is, how hard is it to do it? You know, I think one of the biggest questions that I get all the time is, when do you have time to do it all? And I always say, well, it's not that difficult though. I mean, if you have a system in place and you know what you want to say, well, it's, it's a matter of pure planning and it's finding, you know, 30 minutes or one hour a week to just plan a few things that you want to post. And there's tools to help you. There's even AI copywriting. I don't know how big of, of a fan you are of that. We, so we can talk about that in a bit because I, I like I've got some interesting <laughs> things to say on that. Uh, yeah, definitely. 
but but just enlighten us if we decide to do it and if we want to spend this time i think the big risk that company sees or or the big um thing that people are afraid of is when do i find the time do i have time to work on what i need to work with what is my day job and when would i have time to do all this i think it's a, it's a very interesting conversation for organizations to have especially if if we are imagining in this world that like you know organization x is going to encourage their employees to go out and create content on their behalf you know i think at that point then you have to as an organization build that time into the person's day like you can't be expecting it to be all on their own time i totally agree with you in the sense that you know you find you have a process you have a system you use scheduling tools i think it's just a mindset shift that you go from being a sort of passive consumer of social media and a passive kind of consumer of ideas really so you're just kind of consuming passively you're scrolling whatever you you make you make that mindset shift from passive to active and you actually say right i'm going to now be a creator and i'm going to create stuff there are ideas everywhere basically i mean it's you know anyone listening to this podcast now will probably have the habit of listening to podcasts like i get so many ideas from podcasts i mean i sort of just hear like a line from someone and it sparks a thing and i go to notion and, and i add a quick line into my sort of um you know swipe file that i have and then like when i then sit down which i do generally on a friday afternoon and I, i'll write content for the following week that's blocked out on my calendar and you know i don't have any meetings at that time and never you know always have that free for, for to do that i think people get like too overwhelmed by this idea of like you've got to have loads of finished posts and like you've got to have everything written it's not that at all like you just have to have triggers for ideas and actually once you start practicing and you start creating the content and writing or whatever other medium you have um you will start getting that feedback from the audience you'll not understand what works what doesn't and you will just find it more natural and i think um it probably takes you know a good few months to get there but i credit LinkedIn particularly because that's the pl platform I'm most um, active on with really like allowing me to start my business to find my first clients to essentially leave my job and you know do this full time and I think without LinkedIn it probably would have taken a lot of like um, you know networking like co conversations and just going to events and pretty thankless things and spending lots of time doing stuff that I don't really like but actually on LinkedIn you have this fantastic it's like a fantastic broadcast platform where you can tell the world what you're doing and if it if it has that perfect intersection between what someone needs then you've got you know a ready-made sort of magnet to entice people in with your content it's just so valuable to have that audience and to build that in the background and that will go with you wherever so that is the most important thing really um is find the time to do it or prioritize it understand that it's important find the time to do it and then the rest you can you can learn as you go really yeah and, and i think it's also the topic of intentionality right you you mentioned before not being a passive user of of, of social media or a consumer um, and, and becoming more intentional about what you put out there. And um, it's funny because I just recently watched this little clip of a singer and he was talking, it doesn't matter who it was, he was talking about social media and Instagram and he was saying, well, Instagram is basically just to promote my songs and it's there for the purpose of sharing and promoting and, and, and not for the purpose of putting selfies. And I think one, one of the biggest shifts for me has been, you know, when, when people ask me, well, when do you get the time? Well, it's like, well, you're spending time on social media, right? 
It's just that you're spending time scrolling and posting selfies and randomly commenting on other people, whereas I actually am not doing that anymore that much. And I'm actually just focusing on posting stuff that I think is interesting for other people. So it's just really the, the amount of, the, of time is probably the same. But it's just what you do with that time. Yeah, I mean, right? what's the the start is like the uh, the average. I think it's the in the US, but it's probably similar all over the world. It's like four and a bit hours, like a day that some your average person spends scrolling on social media. So you when know, you think about it, it's crazy yeah. the amount of time that we spend on social media. You know, and you you can't just say, oh, it's for work. No, it's because you actually want to be there, right? But it's the what you're doing with that time, whether that time is productive or whether it's not right at the end of the day. And I think I think this is a mindset shift that we all should go through because just the sheer amount of time that we actually dedicate to these platforms and it's not just one platform, but multiple platforms is 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 crazy, right? And so what do you do with that time? What do you decide to spend it on? Is it something productive or not? I think as well that a lot of people, they scoff at, you know, you creating content or they kind of go, oh, that's not for me or whatever. But then they let like LinkedIn or they let the platform like decide for them what kind of experience they're going to have and like what they're actually doing. Instead of scrolling on, on LinkedIn, particularly like I just have, I, this might be sound a bit geeky, but I have a spreadsheet with like all of my favorite creators and my people that I'm trying to kind of attract my, you know, leads and stuff. And, and I just go straight from that spreadsheet to their latest post. So I don't spend any time really like actually scrolling on the feed. And you're, you're one of those people on the spreadsheet, Ioana, you'll be, uh, you'll be glad to know. Uh, I'm, but, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so like I would definitely recommend that. I would say definitely like your first step before you even think about creating content if you're not there yet is actually just becoming more better at using the platform and and using on your terms and that doesn't matter it could be instagram it could be um you know any tiktok anything else it's just working out what you want to get out of it and then working out with the best way of doing it for you where you get your ma the maximum amount of leverage with the minimum amount of time i think because that's as you say like time is your is the rarest asset you have right so i think that's the, the the most important thing is just be intentional take control of your your experience on social and you know don't let the big silicon valley like social media companies decide what you're going to do with your life and also the other big component is coming back to the abz <laughs> framework is not just the intentionality, but, but the actual why of, of what you're doing, what you're doing in your life, right? Your purpose. You have established quite an interesting mission for yourself, which I'd love for you to talk about. But I also want to know what's the bigger purpose for you as a person outside of that mission, which is maybe uh, a bit more, you know, professional. Uh, or professionally oriented, what, what's the bigger scope of the life purpose that you have nowadays? If you can share it. Wow, I like it. I like it. We're going, we're going, we're going deep. We're going deep. My, my life purpose really is just to like put more into life than I expect in return. I think being kind to people and just being generous, like is just such a, an important foundational thing in, in, and it should be important in everyone's lives. And I think we all talk about how stressed we are and how it's sort of, you know, time poor and all the rest of it. And of course we are, but my thing has always been like, how do I give back? And, and like, how do I mentor the next generation? Like, how do I support that person in work that needs support? How do I cheerlead people on LinkedIn? Everything that I sort of do really, I know it's, it might sound a bit trite, but it's, it's 
trying to use my sort of position, my standing such as it is to kind of help other people and just get people to a point that they might want to get to, whatever that is really. Um, and that does inform my kind of overall mission or my sort of work mission in a way, which you touched on. Like what I want to do probably eventually is like have a, a sort of more of an education based business uh, where I'm actually helping people write better um, in whatever format. So, you know, that could be in the kind of corporate world. It could be a, a small business owner trying to like come up with their, you know, a way of selling their business or, you know, whatever. Um, and so my mission is to transform how the world writes, but that feels massive. So my caveat to that is one person at a time. And and it's like, it does seem to resonate with people. So I've sort of been talking about that a lot more on social media and the amount of people who've kind of then reached out and said, oh yeah, that tip that you gave us like six months ago, you know, I, I, I haven't written the same since. And I'm like, that is enough for me to get that validation. Like there's no, there's no money for me in that really. There's no like, you know, this person's not necessarily going to be a client or anything in the future, but actually something that I put out there a while ago has, you know, changed how they write. Eventually, like I hope to monetize it and I hope to, you know, have a have a sort of educational business and, and course based and whatever else so people can actually experience that on a wider scale. It comes from really of a place of like understanding quite how writing has sort of changed my life and how important I think it is and and how much I hear like not just from friends but also like former colleagues and you know people on social talk about it all the time it's like that people think that they're not writers and they sort of like describe themselves in such a way that you know they they essentially we've all heard it that kind of expression of like oh writing's not for me or I'm not a writer or you know all of those sort of limiting beliefs that I think really do uh, impact people and and I think it's such a foundational skill as we've talked about that you like have to be able to get better at it and I 100% believe that everyone can get better at it and actually it comes from practice a bit of support a bit of guidance in the right direction um, but it's it's sort of the thing that now drives me on and it's not really got anything directly to do with my actual you know my agency really it's just uh, it's just what, you know, gets me out of bed in the morning in a way. Like, you know, it's, it's the thing that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. And I have to say, I always brag now about the rule of three that oh, I yeah. from you. And so every time I have a chance, I, I will name drop it and say, yeah. you know, like the rule of three. Yeah. And I use it every time now. Um, and, and I learn it from you. So definitely something that uh, you should take credit for. You definitely teach us and if any and if anyone's watching this or listening and doesn't know what it is it's essentially like that our brains are hardwired to see patterns and so three for some reason i like it is a, is very much a pattern like it's the first of like one two three it's like the first thing that where there's actually a pattern there that the brain recognizes so you will often see it in like the best prose or the best you know speeches or whatever that people will do that that repetition and it doesn't mean repeating the same thing three times it's just like three things that are in alignment and if you can incorporate that into your writing like you will you know 10x your your ability to kind of convince people to do things and your motivation and all the rest of it um it's so, very powerful yeah. and i have to say i might use it a little bit too much these days because <laughs> i got so fond of it but um um tell me this if you were to give 20 year old cosmo an advice or something that a tip that you wish you'd known at that time what would that be for the longest time actually i sort of told myself a story like i'm not creative i'm not that sort of person like i'm more of a can bring people together and i understand patterns and i understand how organizations can kind of work and stuff like that 
and and this sort of then came down to this thing of like I needed to know at every point like what's what's next like what's on the kind of next on that on that thing for me and I, and I sort of like would always think about my career in in terms of a ladder and and this probably went on for you know at least 10 or 15 years and obviously everyone gets to the point where they hit the plateau or the glass ceiling or whatever and it just doesn't happen and so the thing that I would say to that to me now when I was 20 is like just be clear on what you want from life from your job from career um and your personal life and everything else and if you if you set off in that direction with like energy and focus like the details will take care of themselves and it's not you don't have to worry about everything in between and there's there is no like career ladder it's all a myth in your mind it's all made up um, I probably think of it more like a roller coaster now that I'm sort of off doing my own thing. That would be the that would be my biggest advice. And for anyone else who's in that position now and they're thinking about it, that's the thing to think about is that all the opportunities are out there, and you know you don't need to know every answer to every question. But actually, you know, do just sort of start things with energy and focus, and you'll be very very surprised and probably delighted at where that takes you. I just want to say thank you because you did transform at least one person's writing, which is me. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um, and and if if I think about writing in a different way, it's also because of you. And um, I think you're going to do great. I think you're going to have an amazing journey. And this roller coaster is going to be um, a great one. And uh, the adventure, I think it's going to pay off. So, you know, I wish you all the best. And I think, uh, you know, you're going to do amazing things. I'm going to watch you from afar and uh, always be there to cheer for you. And um, also, thank you for coming to the podcast. It was a really great conversation. And uh, I'm taking a lot of tips away about how to improve my writing. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. And, you know, it was a real honor to be invited. So um, thank you so much, Joanna. Thank you for tuning into Unmatched. Remember, building an unmatched brand is not just about success. It's not about popularity. It's about creating something truly remarkable that reflects who you are and what you stand for. So keep pushing yourself to go beyond what you think is possible. Keep taking risks, challenging yourself, and never settle for standard. And if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes. Until next time, keep being unmatched.